Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Saban stance, Nick Saban, concerned about the NIL because it's going to kill the parody of college football. Now, I'm not going to pile on too much because from his perspective, it's amazing what you can convince yourself of. And to me, you know, it's funny because you have this longstanding appeal if you're Alabama, right? And for Nick Saban to sit here and think, wait a second, hey, look, we're going to ruin this once money can come in, in, into play. And why? Because he loses some advantages. He gains some, but he loses some. And from his perspective, parody is one thing. From my perspective, it's something else. So we're going to dive into that. Also, Monday Night Football, little flex. Monday Night Football, future flexing. This is the one window of the week that we didn't see a lot of movement. Actually, we saw no movement. You couldn't flex on Monday night. Games couldn't change. Well, weeks 14 through 18, not this year, but next year, going to be able to move some games around. Why, if you're certain teams, you don't want that. You don't want to be moved into the Monday night window. Certain times you do, certain times you won't. This is going to be hit or miss. But what's happening here, and now we're seeing Monday night football doubleheaders, there's going to be three of them next year. You are seeing the opening of another window into the National Football League. So we're going to look at that. Also, PGA Championship this week. Remember, a couple years ago, PGA Championship. A couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. PGA Championship moving from August into the month of May. Why? Because there was a void there. The players moved back to March, so you get a championship every four weeks. Roughly. A major every four weeks. And golf needs this. And golf needs something this weekend. Because it's not in the worst place it's ever been. But golf's had a bad year. It has. And the Saudi Arabia thing, the book on Phil coming out, the story about Jack Nicholas, the prices, golf needs a name and a name to win this thing bad. So we're going to look at that as well. Remember, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, podcast, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, harponsports.com. Okay, start off with Nick Saban first. Nick Saban is the greatest coach of his generation. You can make a case that Nick Saban is the best coach in sports the last 30 years, if not even farther back. But Nick Saban's concern that NIL is going to ruin parity in college football, you can kind of sit here and laugh at that saying, wait a second, this is ridiculous. But parity to Nick Saban and how he defines it, and what is fair is different than what we look at as fair. I've always argued that parity doesn't exist in any sport. It really doesn't. The sport that does the best job with it is the National Football League. But look, if you're a marquee free agent, think how much, think how much more expensive it costs to live in San Francisco or live in New York than it does to live in, let's say, Buffalo or Jacksonville or Indianapolis. Cincinnati, cost of living different. It is. Think about what $3 million will get you in Detroit as opposed to what $3 million will get you in Seattle. Cost of living is just different. Think about what a $3 million contract, even though there's no sales tax, or no sales tax, no state tax in Miami, 
does as opposed to $3 million in Chicago. It's a different world. So parity doesn't, it's not, it's not pure. It's not across the board. But Nick Saban's understanding of parity is everybody gets the same amount of scholarships. Okay, what about financial parity? Well, okay, well, under Nick Saban, both teams are allowed 11 players on the field at the same time. It's, it's fair. You have the same number of scholarships. Well, then we are allowed to pay guys different amounts of money. Well, that's not fair. Well, Nick Saban's got more assistant coaches than any other team in college football. Is that fair? What you do is you take one term, and this is what he's done here, and he's been able to create an ethos or a discussion around this term. Like, hey, look, we're killing college football with parity. We used to have the same, the same number of scholarships, and that, that's what parity meant. Well, oh, okay. You notice he didn't say equal. He said parity. Well, parity. Well, to me, parity is an even playing field. Alabama's got a par- barber shop and a video game arcade and a fountain. It'd be funny and it'd be interesting if you asked Nick Saban, you think parity is being lost in college football? Would you prefer a cap then on coaches' salaries? A limit. Would you, pre- would you prefer a cap on how much you can spend on recruiting? Would you prefer a cap, parity, on how many five stars you can have? See? And look, you still have the same number of players that you can have, right? You still have the same number of scholarships. But you can pay these guys. It's just funny that coaches' salaries, you can pay whatever you want. These NIL deals are going to kill parity in college football. No, not exactly. Not for him, for him, from his perspective. I get what he's saying, but it's tough. It's tough to sit there and see all the success and all this wealth and everything that they've done there and how much money they've generated. And for the people at the top to preach parity, it's tough. It's tough. In salary cap driven leagues, parity is something that I, I think is more feasible. But for what good old St. Nick's shoveling here, it, it look, it's just it's not gonna work. Nobody's gonna fall for it. But again, it's def- depends on how you define parity. Again, you can sit there and say, well, hey, look, and we saw this was it not this draft, but the last draft. When you had NFL rookies coming in and they, they, they get their contracts and was it San Francisco that what they're able to afford and it's, it, it sounds crazy, but what they're able to afford like on $600,000 a year, as opposed to what $600,000 contracts can afford you in other areas of the country. Like, Oh man, what's the housing and the housing markets going through the roof. It's like, man, you, you had, you had NFL football players that struggled to buy houses in San Francisco. So see, this I'm getting into the NFL thing, but parity's different, right? Think about what a scholarship means at Vanderbilt as opposed to a scholarship, what that means at Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It's different. So it depends on what you want is your parity. You notice he didn't talk about financial parity. And... That's what we talk about in the NFL, right? Salary caps and money and how much you can pay on certain things. Didn't mention that, just scholarships. That'd be like the NFL coming out and saying, oh, if we get rid of the salary cap, a parity, we each can have the same amount of 53 men on our roster. It's the same. How much can you pay those 53 men? So Nick Saban wants parity. Parity, like he defines it one way to me. I've sat here and said, okay, Nick Saban wants parity. We all are offered the same amount of scholarships. Okay, but what about financial parity? What about that parity that you get when you get that 40-plus million dollar check from the SEC network and television contracts as opposed to the Big 12 that makes less than you, as opposed to the ACC that makes less than you? Is that cool? Is that parity? 
Financial parity. I hope somebody asks him that question. I do. hope somebody gets that to him uh, one way or another. And again, you can pick and choose what you want. He's picking and choosing this arbitrary number. It'd be like me coming out and saying, hey, I'm an American citizen. I meet the age requirement. I can run for president just like anybody else can run for president. Well, yeah, but it helps if you have more money and you have connections. I'm not saying that you can't, but you know, the more money you have, the more notorious you are, the better chance you have. Teach his own. Uh, there you go. It's a lot easier for somebody extremely wealthy to give into an Ivy League school than somebody that's not. I'm not saying you can't. A little bit easier. Okay. From the pause on Nick Saban's parody to a little NFL flexing. Monday Night Football is going to enter the world of schedule adjustments. The thing about Monday Night Football is it could not, over the past, well, when did flex scheduling go into effect? 2006, for the past 16 years, the NFL did not allow Monday Night Football to flex their games. You know, Sunday you could. Once you got into December, games could start to be moved around a bit. I get it because some teams aren't as good as you thought they were going to be. It makes sense. Well, Monday Night Football now, not this year, but next year, will be allowed to grab some games and move them into Monday night. Now, this is hit or miss. If I've got a guy that's banged up a little bit, you bet those extra potentially 30 hours can help, right? If I'm going to play at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, and all of a sudden I'm playing at 8 o'clock on a Monday night, I just bought myself 31 extra hours to get ready. You bet. Now, where does it burn you? Well, it burns you on the other end. Let's say you get somebody banged up. Okay, you get that extra day. Well, that means the next week you're going to have one less day. So if I go from Sunday at 1 to the next Monday, okay, I got a little bit extra wiggle room there. And then that next Monday, then all of a sudden I'm playing that next Sunday. Well, that's six days as opposed to seven. So it, it all is going to depend on, and let's face it, we know who's going to get shoved into these time slots, you know, depending on the quality of the team and how good you are. Chiefs are going to get shoved into these time slots. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys are going to get shoved into these time slots. I don't know if Tom Brady's going to be around in two years. The NFL changes so much, you know, especially now with the quarterback movement. The Packers are going to get shoved into these time slots. That's another thing, too. Think about it if you are a team like Tampa or Miami and you're a warm weather team and you're having success, and all of a sudden you could play Green Bay at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, and all of a sudden the Packers game gets flexed to Monday night. It's a, di- it's a different world. So it's, it's arbitrary, right? It's completely arbitrary. The fact of the matter is, and this is what's happening with football now, and we're seeing other windows open up, what's happening with the NFL is you have a whole new platform of television options, whether it's Amazon TV, whether it, you know, we talked about YouTube TV a couple of years ago, all these different platforms, Yahoo, that are able to carry games. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means you don't want all of your games in the same spot. This is very similar to what happened with college football's bowl games. 30 years ago, oh, every game, I love it when there's 15 games on the same day. The networks looked around and go, wait a second, we got three games running up against each other. Why on earth would we do this all the time? Let's move them around. Anybody that longs for the old bowl system, I, I don't get that. I love it when all the games are on the same day. Why? I can get a good game. I can't watch four games at once. I don't want to watch four games at once. Why would I want that when I can get one or two games on at the same time? 
Okay, I can understand two. I can flip back and forth between the two. Oh, okay, I can live with that. But when you look at the National Football League and you've got five games going on at one o'clock on Sunday, four games going on, right? At four o'clock, okay, that gives me nine games. Okay, how do I get to the rest of these? Well, I got one Sunday, I got one Monday. You can have, what, six games going on, seven games going on at one o'clock on Sunday. One game going on Thursday night. The NFL's looking around going, wait a second here. Uh -uh. No, let's start moving some of these things around. It's not exactly the NFL flex scheduling on a Monday night, but we are starting to see the creation of a fourth window on Sunday. What do we have this year? Five, 9.30 games. We always had the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. We always had the 4.30 window. We had the 8 p.m. primetime window. Welcome to the 9.30 a.m. window. And if I look around and go, wait a second here. Why not? Let's get some games going on here at 9.30. And they're the overseas games, right? We have five of them now. Now, are all five of those? I think four of them are going to be at 9.30, right? Is the one game in Mexico City a Monday night game? I have to go back and look. But continue to see more of this. You bet. Why wouldn't you? For the NFL, you look around and say, well, I, I, I don't like this. Well, what, 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 it doesn't matter if you like it or not. There's football, and it's spread out in a chance to get more games to you. And never in a million years would I ever, ever understand why football fans sit here and say to themselves, I want more clutter, or I want fewer options. You have more football games. I can wake up, and there's a game on at 10. There's a game on at 1. There's a game on. Why would I want four games on at 1 when I can have two games on at one and two games on at nine. It's, it's not the same, but why would I want four games at one when I can have one at nine 30 and three at one? Why would I want that? Why do I want all those games? Why, why, I want them spread out a little bit, just like bowl games. Get ready for another window. What's this other window? The other window is a Monday night double header. Talking about this more three Monday night double headers coming our way in 2023. They are tinkering with windows so we can consume more. You can watch more football. Why wouldn't you do this? College basketball, the NCAA tournament did this a couple years ago. You know, have NCAA tournament games ending at one in the morning. That never used to happen. Why do they do that? Because they can put four games on this network. Think about what, the, what you do now. CBS expanded, right? True TV, TBS. Is it TNT that's got the other one that you can actually put? Look, I can go watch this game. I can watch this game here. Okay, this game's done. There used to be like a two-hour gap in the NCAA tournament between like five and seven o'clock where there were no games on. That's gone. 10 years ago, that was the 15 years ago. That was the case. Not now. We're having games on constantly. Why do we want a two-hour gap? Why do we want to do that? Let's keep them on constantly. I don't know how this is a bad thing. We can complain, be nostalgic about the past. Not me. I like my options. I never drive down the road and go, there's too many restaurants here. No, I pick and choose. I let the marketplace decide. Oversaturation. You know when oversaturation occurs? When you quit consuming it. When you quit consuming it. There's a reason why all these Star Wars, that's why you have the book above a fed, Obi-Wan, and what people have said is, I don't want any more of the Star Wars regular canon saga going forward. I want more backstory. I want more new stuff, stuff based on my old characters. It's what you've said. So that's what you get. You know, we're going to have Top Gun Maverick. Why? Because we keep consuming these things. So get ready. Monday Night Football flexing, creation of more windows, more football, more platforms. You may have to pay for them to get them. But that's what's going on here. One to wrap with this, the PGA Championship coming up, and golf finds itself in an ugly position. Jack Nicklaus came out this week and said that the Saudi Golf League offered him $100 million. He turned it down. That's amazing. I know Jack's worth a boatload of money, but $100 million? 
Good gracious. To be the face of this league and principle-wise, I mean, it'd be tough for people to turn down $100 million. Jack turned it down for whatever reasons. Felt he didn't need it. And I'm not going to say good for him, bad for him, because you make your own financial decisions, but that's what he decided. Okay. You look around and go, oh my gosh, he took a hundred. Greg Norman went to be a part of it. That's a lot of money. Because you throw enough money around, people are going to do it. And when you've got billionaires upon billionaires, oil money, oil money is its own special money. Oil money, I don't know what really can compete with oil money. Tobacco money? Not even that. Oil money is its own world. It is. I guess the Broncos are about ready to be bought by one of the Waltons, so they have Walmart money, but not, nothing touches oil money. Good night, man. I mean, maybe Bezos money, some tech money, maybe, but oil is its own thing. And I look at this, and I say to myself, okay, well, you have that, and then the Phil Mickelson biography is coming out. It's like, oh, gosh. And then we find out the prices of the PGA Championship. What's a beer's 18 bucks? It's like, well, it's technically 25 ounces, so it's two beers. Yeah, but it's 18 bucks. And a salad, 16. Seltzer's, 19. So I understand prices have gone up. Inflation's bad. But now you could spin this for inflation hitting. We already knew prices were ridiculous when you go to these things. And you expect more money. You do. You expect money. You expect a cost to go up. To give you an idea, what's it, 7 bucks at a Gator game for a 12-ounce beer? So you're looking at 14 bucks for two beers? 19 bucks, 18 bucks. For beer? And then you're getting things like those little mini bags of chips for three dollars. It's like, oh gosh, you get so so what you have here is now you have golfers tweeting out like, boy, good thing I don't drink a lot, or good thing I'm not hungry. When you have millionaires that are going, yikes, it's a little expensive, gouging their fans. Now you sit there and say golf fans are wealthier. Okay. Now's not the time to gouge your fans. Think about the goodwill you'd have done if you'd have come out and golf's got, you know, you got enough money. Imagine if you're the PGA and you came out and said, we understand times are tough for people. We're going to charge $8 a beer. We understand times are tough. You still make a ton of money. We understand times are tough for people. We're going to charge, I saw a hamburger's $14. Imagine if you came out and said, of all these tough times, this is what the PGA, we're going to do this. But no, you said you went the other way. Golf needs you know, it's not Tiger Woods isn't going to win this weekend, but golf needs a name to drag some of the attention away from this ugliness that they have because golf's got this ugly Saudi Arabia cloud. Now, it's not the PGA, but it's still the sport has this ugly cloud. And then you have price gouging of the fans. It, it's just, oh, my gosh, Phil. And, 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 and let's face it, you know, without big names. Golf's one of these things that, again, you don't have this. You've had small pockets, right? We've talked about this where a decade ago, Rory was on a great run. Rory faded. Then Jordan Spieth went on a great run. Then Spieth faded. Then here comes who? Here comes banging on all cylinders, Brooks Kepka. And then he has faded the last two years. And now we're trying to, but we don't have that guy. We don't. Dustin Johnson's flirted with it, but it, golf needs and what, what golf needs is golf needs something to take away from all this other stuff right now. And you know, you get another okay, he's a nice golfer. He, but with the way the NBA finals are working, and not that the preakness on Saturday is going to grab and garner that much attention, 
But boy, golf needs a big name to win this weekend. Because I don't say it's losing momentum because golf's a niche thing anyway. It's a majors thing anyway. But now it's got this nasty, ominous cloud over it that it really hasn't had. Only publicity for golf lately is bad publicity. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harpon Sports, the Facebook page. Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel. Spotify, Buzzsprout. And, of course, Apple Podcasts under the bar. And, of course, HarponSports.com. So there you go. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.